We are coming to you with the unspoken words. This is a Red Road Perspective. With humility, experience, reflection, and that unique style of indigenous humor, we discuss the issues that affect our mind, body, spirit, and emotional well-being as natives in recovery. Sobriety, community, accountability, transparency, and service work. Uh, hope. Hey, Welcome to Unspoken Words, episode 37, Meta World Peace. A.K.A. Ron Artest. A.K.A. The Panda's Friend. <laughs> A.K.A. Batshit Crazy. <laughs> <laughs> all right, over here to my right, all the way from Arrow Creek. He is sanctimonious and he's bad. Shooter JC McGavin. What's up, JCB? Yo, yo, yo. Hi. Over here to my left. He's uh he ain't even trying to preach. He's the headman dancer of the Alley of the Trees. <laughs> Randy B. Say what's up. What's up? What's up? All right, across the way from me, back by popular demand, east side of the two eleven. Two one two two one two. Two one two two eleven. All right. <laughs> Feline, the machine, two white man. Is a steel reserve. <laughs> All right, so two eleven. Two twelve. Two twelve. Oh, two twelve. My bad. My bad. My bad. My bad. I totally jacked it up. And of course, it's me. Empty barrel, Mohawk's not drugs in the house. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you all for being here. AKA Josiah, Street Chief Messiah, all the way surprised so you know he's on fire. Yeah, son. Son. <laughs> From the shade of the castle rock. This rocks. guy came loaded today. <laughs> I know. I think he's awake. He's, he was waiting. Uh, uh, <laughs> Woo! Okay, let's go. All right, I got a um, icebreaker. I like that one. I thought we could do a better job, so I'm bringing it back this week again. Okay, okay. So we got two truths and a lie. Um, just to break some of the ice here, even though it's like thousand degrees outside and smoky. All right, here we go. <clears throat> I'll go first, and then we'll just go around the horn. All right. So the first, okay. Um, what is it? I forgot what I had in mind. Okay. I was once sprayed by a skunk. Um, I have bootleg half pints at Crow Fair. <laughs> and the last one is the first time I had hibachi was in Chicago. Mm. So, so we got skunk, skunk bootleg, half pints. And hibachi. hibachi. Which one? Who thinks it's skunk? I think it's a skunk. Okay. Anybody else? No? Anybody think it's the half pints? Are we going with truth? Or what were you saying about half pints? The lie. You sold <laughs> half pints? Yeah. yeah. Which one is the lie? Oh, which, which one, one is, is the lie? lie? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't think it's a skunk. Okay. What do you think? Anybody thinks it's the half pints? I think it's the half pints. Okay. Do you think it's the hibachi? I think it's the hibachi. Okay. So the lie is the half pints. Ding, 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 ding. We have a winner. So I'll throw the ball up. Whoever wants to go next. All right. We can go around the horn. This is why I wrote them down because, you know. Oh, yeah. Okay. You go. Okay. La Bamba is my favorite movie. 
Chocolate is my favorite candy, and basketball is my favorite sport. Ooh. Chocolate. Uh, yeah, chocolate. I say chocolate. Yeah, I'm going to have to go with chocolate, too. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. <laughs> <laughs> the, what is it? The taffies or the sea salt taffy or something like that? No, not the sea salt taffy, but like, yeah, like salt water. Salt water. Like, sea salt. <laughs> yeah, they're more good. Yeah. I just remembered that we had us, we were talking about candy one episode. Yeah. You said you like those ones better. Yeah. You were just talking about La Bamba, so I know. <laughs> that's what I was thinking. That's what kind of got me. I'm like, but yeah, I don't know what it is. I enjoy some chocolate, but not like, I think I got sick on it when I was young. Oh, for real? Yeah. Like I had too much or something. You know? it. Yeah. Maybe the lactose. I don't know. But it's not my favorite cup of tea. You're mine. <laughs> and we belong together. Together, I I was trying to go off there, but go ahead. For eternity, eternity. (laughs) Yes. I think I got him fired up with that oceanfront property. All right, Feline. Okay. Two oh. truths, one lie. So I um, worried my mom. I was able to walk around in Florida at Disney World, and I play well with others. Oh, that last, last one. one. Last one. <laughs> <laughs> you can't. Hey, it's that body language. Uh, I saw so your eyes yeah, shifting back and forth. <laughs> Plus, now we're all addicts, but we don't play well with others no, at all. Not at all. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> that, was, that was almost like uh, Josiah's. I love hot dogs. <laughs> oh, I love hot dogs. Oh. I've never kicked a wrist dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a tough one uh, to play well. I, to play well with others, yes. it's really. Yeah. Yep, gotta learn how to especially, share them toys, especially when they don't know how to play right. Nope. <laughs> they don't yeah. play your way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right, shooter. Okay, uh, let me think. What did I? What did I? What was I thinking of? When I was thinking. Oh, great! Now I lost them. Hot dog water. Hot dog would love hot dog water. I bathe in hot dog water. <laughs> I drink hot dog water. water. <laughs> 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 okay. So the first one was, um, shoot, I, for, I had some good ones too, and you'd never even know the difference. Okay, so the first one is I talked to one of the guys on Skid Row, the heavy metal band, on the phone at my grandma's house. They called me. Okay. Um, the second one is I met Harry Henderson. Well, I didn't meet him. I saw him. I saw Harry Henderson live. Hmm. And the third one was what the heck was I thinking of when I? Oh yeah, I met Scooby Doo. Mm-hmm. The first one. The first one. One of the guys from Skid Row called you. You met Bigfoot, like Harry and the Hendersons. Yeah, I met, that one. I met Harry Chevy Henderson. Chase, right? I met Harry Henderson. Oh, Harry. Okay. <coughs> Isn't the, 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 the big, the big guy. Oh, the I mean, Bigfoot. That's, the Bigfoot. Yeah, the Bigfoot. I met him. Hmm. Is the name Daryl? 
His name is Harry. I thought. <laughs> Daryl's his cousin. <laughs> What'd you call me? <laughs> My name's Daryl. My name's Daryl. What was uh, the last one? Scooby Doo. Met Scooby Doo. Shook his hand. Took his paw. Whatever. Hey, I saw Scooby Doo uh, skateboarding on the sidewalk, but that's a different story. What was this when you're on drugs? <laughs> oh, okay, let's let's let's, let's do that. One. <laughs> oh Over man, here we'll draw a tree. The Skid Row one. That's the lie. Yeah. That's what I said. Oh, is that what you said? The Scooby Doo one. That's Scooby-Doo. the lie. You, you said the Skid Row. Yeah, and I did too. Okay, the lie is I didn't meet Harry Anderson. Oh what? <gasps> what? I saw him. I saw him because you know, like at Universal Studios, that tram ride. Yeah. Then they take you into this thing. You get off and you go and you sit in these seats and the, the seats rotate. Or no, you get out and you go into this different rooms. And the first one was Back to the Future, and they show you how they do the special effects. Yeah. And the next one was like this old Alfred Hitchcock movie and how they show you how the guy drops from the or the Statue of Liberty, but he doesn't move. The camera just goes up, so it looks like he's falling. Oh. And then on the third one, they show you how they do sound effects, and that was the set of Harry and the Hendersons, and he came out, but we, you know, we didn't get to go out there and meet him. So I saw him. I didn't meet him. Oh. That's a lie. So it was probably, probably was the real Bigfoot. So, and, but the Skid Row one. Check this out. One day, uh, my brother, my older brother was like, I'm going to go to Billings. You want to come? And I was like, nah, there ain't nothing to do. You know, and I, I could have went because I knew he would probably end up drinking. Yeah. But he went and I guess he went over here to like Jaker's or that bar that used to be in the old Sheridan. Oh, yeah. Way up there. On like, yeah, yeah. And that just so happens that those guys were in town and he met up with them and wow. they started drinking together. And they were in the car. He was taking them around in my grandma's car. <laughs> and he goes, hey, my brother's a big fan. So they called me at my grandma's house. And they said, oh, this is, uh, I think it was the drummer. I can't even remember his name. What? He was like, yeah, I'm from Skid Row. And I was like, get the fuck out of here, man. <laughs> and you hung up on No, him? I didn't hang up. Oh. I was like, uh, you know, I didn't believe him at first. And, yeah. But yeah. Wait, but this is Skid Row? Skid Row. The lead singer just passed away. What? Yeah, no, oh, yeah. yeah like well, two not weeks the, ago. Not the original one. He, the original quit. And then the, another guy that replaced him, he just passed away. Oh, uh, okay. But so I, I, I didn't, I, mean, I really didn't even believe it then until um, my brother came back and he had backstage passes to that concert the next what? night. Well, that's pretty that cool. Is, and that's then sweet. they went back and he, I had this <coughs> jean jacket, this gray jean jacket. And he said, give me your jacket. I'll take it back there. I'll let him sign it. So they did. And then the, the original lead singer wrote F.U. at the top, like right here on the shoulders. Yeah. And I took it back, put it in the closet, in the same closet that my grandpa kept his, uh, his business attire in. So he goes in there every morning to look for something to wear, and he saw it. And then he takes it out and says, what is this? What is this? I, don't you let your friends write on your clothes? And he took it, and I never saw it after that. Because oh. it said F-U on the top. Oh, uh-huh. man. So, I don't blamed know. your friends right away, too. Yeah, he said it was your friends. <laughs> you don't let your friends write on your clothes, he said. And he took that, took that G-J. My, my, my. Mm-hmm. And I didn't meet Scooby Doo. Yeah, we took pictures with him in Calgary Stampede, and he was pretty cool. Oh. And I did see him skateboarding too, over oh. there on the, that that holiday on Broadwater. Yeah, I was driving, and I thought, oh look, there's Scooby Doo's walking. And no, sure enough, he was on a skateboard. <laughs> when was this? This was about a year ago. 
Like in a costume, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, like a, when you sprayed it. <laughs> when you sprayed it. When's the last time you used it? Was this during the pandemic when you didn't have any human contact for months? <laughs> hey, that was my first thought, too. It's like, man, look at that Scooby-Doo on a skateboard. They're not going to believe me. <laughs> Slide my card over. Yeah. <laughs> Call me. Here, I, I, I could refer you to somebody that'll help you with that. They would do CD evals Monday through Friday. I saw skateboarding Monday and skateboarding down the sidewalk. Yes, full full regalia. The head, the body, full garb. The head, the body, everything. It was Scooby Doo on a skateboard. Full garb. That's funny. No, that's crazy that you say your brother met them at that old bar. I think it was like on. Uh, like the 16th floor or something like that. So I remember I'd been there for like a dinner once when I was like a freshman or eighth grade or something. And then um, I was real heavy into wrestling back then. And that's when like WCW was like, it was like a, <coughs> I was trying to compete with WWF back in the day before it was WWE. Anyway, WCW came to town and like <clears throat> me and my friends went and like man, we were there, we had our poster boards and we had our signs and had a good old time at the wrestling, screaming our heads off. And then we left the metro, and we went back to my friend's house. And he was just like, uh, "How should we do?" And blah blah. blah. And I said, "Man, you know what? All those WCW buses were parked right at Sheridan back when it was a Sheridan." I said, "There's a bar up there on the 16th floor. Let's go check it out." And he's like, "For real?" And we went, and then uh, they were all up there. Yeah, all of them. All of the WCW guys, man, they're huge. I'm like six, five, six, man. They were tall, and we just walked in, you know, just like some punk kids, and we had our tickets, and we just went around, and they all signed them. They signed their tickets. <laughs> that's cool, What happened man. to your ticket? I lost it. Oh, man. See, that's. And then not too long, I think by the time I was out of high school, that was like sophomore year, I think, after my sophomore year that summer. But by the time I was out of high school, I think w- WCW had crumbled, uh-huh. and it's no more. But still, that's kind of those are cool experiences. I think. Yeah, those were fun back in the day. WCW. I know. Even though you knew it was fake, you just get all hype for it. Yeah. And all their drama. I haven't really watched like fall wrestling since like the eighties, like that OG style. Yeah, that's how. Uh, yeah, that's funny because we used to have wrestling matches, and I remember when we first moved up to the north side, we had a me, and my brother, and uh, our cousin was there. And uh, my, my brother, like, got on all fours and climbed behind my cousin. Yeah. And we, like, tag-teamed him. Yeah. And I pushed him. <laughs> and he, like, fell into the wall. And, man, the whole time we lived there, there was, like, a big old, you know, that drywall was all broken. Oh, because of him? <laughs> His imprint? Yeah. <laughs> we never did fix it. <laughs> That's crazy. Um, remember we were talking about um, um, our deceased friend, Adrian. Yeah. Um when we were kids, we used to go over to um, some other kids up the road in Pryor, and we'd have Royal Rumbles. Yeah. And I would get in there and, like, you know, fake fighting and stuff and get into it. I'm Ultimate Warrior and stuff. Hey, man, he, like, man, he got into it, too into it one time, and he came in, man. He had a folding chair, and he hit a kid. Boom! <laughs> man, that kid fell down. He's screaming his head off, crying. And here, like, Man, me and him just jumped on our bikes and headed out. <laughs> Match is over. Wow. I guess you win, man. Yeah. We're out. <laughs> to the extreme. Yeah, I hit him right on the back. Boom. That kid just like dropped to his knees. <laughs> Didn't knock him out or anything, luckily. Dang. 
to them up the road kids. Watch out. <laughs> we used to do that down in, in town too, but like not act like we were wrestlers, but like we picked two sides and oh, let's have a game fight. You know, we act like we were fighting. Oh, like yeah. we were punching each other, and then every once in a while, somebody would just get hammered, boom, right in the jaw. Oh, and then we know it was over. Yeah, somebody Parents would get, start coming out. Somebody would get dropped. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't learn. Let's do it again tomorrow. Or even just like bottle rocket fights somewhere, or yeah. firecracker fights, or Roman candles, Roman candles, Roman yeah. candles. And we were stupid. <laughs> like where were the parents, man? Like they just let us go. That's what you call living life, though. <laughs> man, like, I could, I would not. We had like a real childhood. Yeah, and apples too. We used to do it with crab apples. Yeah, the little balls or mud ball fights. Yeah, not mud balls. I never did mud balls, but we did like snowballs did? and stuff. Oh, yeah. okay. Easter eggs. Yeah. Oh, not Easter eggs. And there was we only was had like, powdered eggs at my house. Somebody with that bag. <laughs> and it was like the wild west in town sometimes, man. Yeah, man. I remember mud ball fights because I was from up through. We always swim. Everybody, all the kids would be swimming in the creek all the time, and then like. Man, we get evil, like make a mud ball and put a rock in throw the middle. Throw a rock in there. And throw it at the kid stuff. Man, we were bad. The good old days when you could hang out and not worry about coming yeah. in, stay out past yeah. dinner. Didn't have Didn't to have worry to about drunk drivers on the road or, or meth people. <laughs> uh, it's crazy. Yeah, just crazy now. Huh? And then they'd have like one cop, one poor guy trying to. <laughs> He's like trying to herd cats. Yeah. <laughs> I've never seen the cops too much up the road, but you probably seen them more. You're in housing. Yeah. Mostly. In oh, housing. you were in housings? Yeah. Prior housing? My grandma had a house had a house down there. Our our original place is up the road, kind of not too far from his, but I didn't live up there. Just a visitor. This is a townie. Okay. <laughs> Town kid. Anyway, all right, well, good um, icebreaker and some good rabbit trails there. <laughs> um, should we get into our main topic? Let's go. Y'all ready? Yes, sir. All right, well, DJ, why don't you hit me with that beat? Ayo, let's get into our topic. Ayo, let's get into our topic. All right, all right, all right, all right. We're here in episode 37, um, a.k.a. the Pandas Friend. And what we're going to talk about tonight, we're going to get into some, like, paying it forward is kind of what we what we wanted to focus on and what that entails, what, um, like, how we pay it forward in recovery when someone helps us. We don't necessarily pay that person back, Um in recovery, like in like with a sponsor, when they help us out, we pay we pay it forward. We go help someone else by paying, and that's how we pay back. But anyway, I was going to throw it over to JC right now. He's fired up about this topic, and you got the floor, sir. So, <clears throat> paying it forward, um, for me, the, <laughs> that thing that we were talking about, um, we 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 mulled over as a as a topic was keeping score and. Uh, in in our recovery, it's it's that's not what it's about. It's not about like okay, so I helped Josiah do this, I helped Feline do that, so now you owe me. 
Mm. That doesn't what that's not what it comes down to. It's because I helped you because more than likely you've helped me in in, in, in some other way. But it's not like I'm going around and I'm saying, Well, because I did this, then you owe me this. Mm. And that's not the thing. That's not what it's about. What for me what it's about is is knowing and realizing that there are people out there who came to my aid, who came to uh, accept me for who I am, um, and also, you know, shared their experience, strength, and hope. And so with that, what do I do with that? Because there's power in that. There's energy. There's strength in there. And so the best thing that I can do, especially when I'm overflowing, is to pay it forward to reach out to other people who might be in need to reach out to other people who might I think might um, could use some of that stuff that I've learned from those that came before me or those that you know are a little wiser than me and and also you know maintaining that humility and this is one way too like I, I, I've said it before that you know doing this podcast is really it, it, it's hard to kind of put yourself out there and say this is who I was and this is what I did because you know, for so long, I I hid those hid those things. I was ashamed. I was embarrassed. I was you know, all these other negative things because of my actions and because of the way I treated people. And um, so it's kind of hard. But at the same time, I know I know now for an absolute fact that what we're doing here today is you know not only it's it's a it's a form of paying it forward because I've seen the feedback that we've gotten from people. And it's amazing, and I just want to thank all of you guys out there who are listening that have given us feedback. Even if you didn't, but you feel that way, like, yes, you know, I've gotten something out of this. I enjoy listening to it. It helps me with my recovery. Even if you don't tell us that, but you're thinking it, you know, I, in the way the universe works, I can feel it, and I know. And it's, that's just the way it is. And I just want to thank you guys for supporting us and listening to us and being understanding. Because, you know, like I always say, you are part of this circle if you're listening. And so um, paying it forward is a huge thing because, what do they say? We can't keep what we have without giving it away. Yep. Yes, sir. Yes. That's right. I think, like, for me, I had to look up the definition, but it says paying forward is an expression. For when the recipient of an act of kindness does something kind for someone else rather than simply accepting or repaying the original good deed. When I read that, I like immediately thought about like when I was out in active addiction. And it's like, it always seemed like, I mean, I know there was a lot of other stuff that went on, but there was always a, a like everybody watched out for everybody else. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, and some of the most friendliest people I've met have been you know, active in their addiction. But I think like coming out of that, you like, for me, I look at that and I I take that and it's imperative for me to practice that because it's like, you don't know how an act of kindness will change somebody's life, whether they be in their active addiction or whether they just be struggling. Um, I know for me, like I've never expected anything, but when it did happen, I was extremely grateful and it, like, gave me a little glimmer of hope, even in those dark times, you know? I'm like, man, this person does care. Mm. Like, so that that's important for me, man, and, and that's really all I got right now. You know, I'm sitting here listening to you guys, and the, there's one word that just kind of popped in my head, and it's 
fortitude, you know, the, the ability to move forward no matter what, what's going on in your life. And we've all been there. We've all been in that really dark place with our mm -hmm. addiction and our alcoholism. Um, we know that what it feels to be alone. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But at the time, we're, we're, we're not knowing there's something higher, something higher, a higher power that has always been there for us. But in that moment, we just feel alone, like, like this is it, you know, this is how I'm going to die. This is, we almost come to that peace, is, this is how it's going to be. Yeah. Um, we, don't, we don't know how, you know, we don't know how to get out of that. We don't know how to, how do I get sober? How do I stay sober? I see people do it. I want what they have, but I don't know how to do that for me, for myself in this moment. I remember uh, going to um, AA meetings and, um, ashamed to say, you know, sometimes I show up drunk. Yeah. Mm. So that look in hindsight, when I look back at, it, I think I must have really wanted the help. I wanted somebody to tell me it was okay. Um, I just didn't know how to accept um, advice and um, help, right? And because mm. I thought I knew it all. Um, so when we talk about um, doing for others. Um, being in our addiction and our alcoholism, we're so selfish and self-centered that we're just, it's all about me, you know. Mm -hmm. What can you do for me? I remember um, when I was walking around downtown Billings and being homeless and just, just really mad at the world, you know. Just, mm -hmm. It was me against the world. And um, I didn't know how to get back. I didn't know how to, like, yeah. what, what does that even entail, you mm -hmm. know? I just knew I was a hurting unit walking around, and what can people do for me was my whole mindset at the yeah. time. It, was, it wasn't until after I got sober, um, JC was talking about we can't keep what we have until we give it away. Mm -hmm. and it wasn't until I got a sponsor, <laughs> I started doing the 12 steps, um, I went to... Prior to that, I know you guys know my story. Mm -hmm. I went to many, many treatment centers. But when I when I went through the twelve steps, because there's twelve spiritual steps, I went through like three sponsors to get to where I'm at. Mm -hmm. I always thought, why couldn't have somebody showed me this, you know, before? Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. but but looking back at it, I went through what I went through. I had to go through what I went through yeah. to mm -hmm. get to where my understanding is today. And so it wasn't until then I was able to see the, um, the, the importance of giving back, of giving back. What can I do to give back? Yeah. Because without the, the help and the organizations here in Billings, um, the prayers, oh, my God, the prayers. And remember mm -hmm. after you guys sober up, people, man, I prayed for you. I was uh. thinking about you. And it's crazy how circles, things come back full circle. Um, mm. I had just recently had a employee who was just, <coughs> she was just hired. I, I, I don't remember her. I don't, I seen her. I, I introduced and she, she came into my office and um, this was just maybe like two weeks ago. She goes, Feline, you don't remember me, do you? And I was like looking at her thinking, mm, <laughs> no. Starting to get a little worried. And I'm uh -huh. like, no, I don't remember you. <laughs> <laughs> Do I really want to know? <laughs> and she was like, no, you remember? Um, I was the one who gave you a ride to lame deer because you were crying and you wanted to go home. You missed your dad. You missed your kids. And I gave you a ride all the way to lame deer. I picked you up at the bar. 
Oh, wow. And I was like, you were the one. Like, that was you. Huh. I said, I talk about it. And I always say, one day I'll find out who that lady is and I'll uh-huh. thank her. And I never, I never thought that I would ever meet her, you know. Because yeah. I was not in a good place at the time. That whole year was a blur, complete blur. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. But that was her. Wow. And so, so that whole giving, giving back. So she gave freely to me that time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like freely gave her like concern and I'll give you right back to lame deer, drop you off with your kids and came back. I probably didn't even pay her gas cause I was homeless. Yeah. So little things like that just kind of ring a bell for me. And that's, that's powerful. <laughs> that's really cool. Um, and for me, I was kind of thinking like trying to think back, like how I used to be like, I remember like, man, I was always down to supply booze and stuff. And then, like, um, and I was down to party, like, with whoever, you know, anybody that was willing to drink. But then, like, <clears throat> on the flip side of that, like, nobody wanted to drink with me because I was so, like, obnoxious and stuff. Like, when they had it, they didn't they didn't invite me. They didn't invite alcoholic Josiah. And then after a while, that kind of fed into that isolation. I just isolate. I'd start isolating and just drinking by myself. Like, well, all right, whatever. I'll just drink by myself. Screw you guys. I did this and this and this and this for you guys, blah, 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 you know. Keep Keeping score. score. Yep. <clears throat> and today, you know, I was like, um, today I just like, I, I just noticed that recently too. So that's kind of crazy that the topic came up that JC wanted to, uh, JC brought up this topic was like, I just noticed recently, like I do things like, I, and I don't even like, like I don't keep score, you know, and that's just because from the red road, um, and, you know, just having that relationship with creator God that, you know, I just give freely. I mean, I don't overdo it. Sometimes I do. Sometimes I overdo it, you know. Um, and then I got to I gotta um, pump the brakes and slow down a bit because then I'm giving too much of myself. But, um, yeah, I don't keep score. I don't say, like, well, I did this for you. Someone says no, you know. Yeah. I'm just like, it's cool, though. It's a good place to be in. And, like, you know, I'm so thankful and grateful to be in this mind state and just to, you know, just, you know, give back and, like, give some of my recovery away in order to to keep it and the other thing is like early on recovery like i was told like you don't help others for their sake you help others for your sake Mm -hmm. like you don't you know take someone under your wing say come on like you don't do it for them you do it for yourself because when and then there's like that thing when you teach something that's like the almost like the ultimate form of like learning so like when you teach something it solidifies your learning um so that was pretty cool um as far as you know not keeping score um but there's people out there that do keep score i avoid those people (laughs) stay away from them (laughs) stay away from them i think that's a beautiful place to be man especially in sobriety because one thing that i value in my sobriety is like peace it's like when it gets too hectic for me like man i love going home and just being there yeah you know, I just, like, I've been there by myself for about the past week and a half, just been off work and, and everything. But I'm, I'm reminded of, like, you do things because of what's been done for you, you know? Mm. And, but then when, when you do encounter people that do keep score, I know, like, it's, it's important. Like, I use the block button a lot, you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I'll block phone numbers and people that, that are, 
that are mm-hmm. disturbing my peace because I've learned that when I keep, it's up to me to keep the peace. Right. It's not up to the other person. Yeah. You know what I mean? And for me, that's allowed me to go a long way in my sobriety. And ultimately, <clears throat> I think some people, especially if they're in an in, in active uh, addiction, they don't care about your peace. Oh. I, mean, I, I can honestly say that you, in fact, I would think they would, some of them might even go out of their way to sabotage it because they're wanting. You know, they, like you said, you know, I've seen people have what they had and I don't know how to get it. I don't know how to go about it. Mm. I, here I am. I'm still miserable. Mm. So you yep. know what? I'm going to pull you down. Right. I want to try to pull you down. Um, and like I was saying before we even started recording, you know, uh, I'm not acting bigger than anybody. I'm just standing up straight. And my, m- the best thing that I can do is to help others stand up because they're bowing down. Mm. You know, and you don't have to, you personally, you do not have to bow down to make anybody else feel taller. Uh, true that. And, and it's funny you mentioned that story that you had because uh, one year I got thrown in jail in Lewistown, which is right in the middle of the state. And so I'm equal distance from, from uh, here and then from Fort Belknap. Mm-hmm. I go back to my dad or go back to my mom. But, you know, but they let me out like a day or two after New Year's, and it was like 14 below. All I had was a hoodie, no ride, no money, couldn't call anybody, and I didn't know what to do. So I like, man, I just started walking out of there, and I, st- I decided to go north. So I started walking back towards, uh, just started going north. And maybe a couple miles out of town, I noticed this truck drive by, and he went, and then that maybe a few minutes later, he drove. Because by then, man, I couldn't even feel my legs. Like, my uh, legs were numb. Thanks. And, and uh, this guy, he came back, and he turned around, white guy, white rancher dude. And he said, what are you doing? You know, like, are you nuts? Get in. So I got in, and he goes, where are you going? And I told him. I was like, yeah, I just got out of jail, you know, um, trying to make it back to Fort Belknap. And he goes, well, where are you trying to get to now? And I said, well, if you, there, there's a place called Bohemian Corner. And it's just a little bit, past, I guess halfway would be grass range, but Bohemian Corner is just about maybe 20 miles closer. But there's that intersection there, and then there's a lot of people that are going towards Fort Belknap that stop there. You know, there's a little cafe. And he goes, mm-hmm. I can take you over there. And so he's done along the way, he stopped at this bar. He went in, he got some coffee, um, bought me a hot cup of coffee, and we were talking. And um, we get to Bohemian Corner, and he, he whips out like five or six bucks. And he goes, all right. He goes, here's enough for, there's a phone in there. Here's, here's some, you can get yourself a sandwich and you can make a phone call. And so I go in there and I, the, I needed change for the, what you call. So I went and I got changed and I didn't even, I just about putting them quarters in there. And he walks back in and he says, I can't just leave you here. He goes that there's, you know, I just can't do that. Mm. Wow. And he said, there's, something won't let me. And he said, so come on, I'll take you back. So he took me, basically what was a three-hour three round trip for him, he took me all the way back oh, wow. to Fort Belknap. And when we got there, you know, I, and I would never forget his name because his name was John Smith. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, and so and we get there, and then I said, you know, I, I, I appreciate it. I don't, know, I don't know. I can't express my gratitude enough. He said, I, I just I kind of feel bad because there, I know that there's nothing I could probably ever do for you to repay you. And those were his words. He said, no, you don't have to repay me. He said, just pay it forward. Wow. And that's what he said. And I always think about that. And that's awesome. And, that's and, and he, he very well could have saved my life. 
Yeah. Because, I, I mean, it was cold. It was like 14 below, and I just had That's what I was thinking was, like, how could you walk in the middle of nowhere knowing <laughs> it's below zero? It's, I mean, I, to me at the time, I didn't feel like I had a choice. Like, what else am I going to do? Yeah. I hang out in this really, really predominantly white town uh, as a essentially a homeless person, I guess, you know? Yeah. And, and, angels on earth and and yeah. so i just started walking and i and he picked me up took me all the way back and said you don't you don't uh you don't owe me nothing he said just pay it forward wow that's pretty freaking amazing yeah, yeah he definitely saved your life have you tried to reach out to him since no i mean no i mean i i know i don't know how many john smiths are out there <laughs> in lewistown where's lewistown at it's it's right smack. I mean, if you look at the state of Montana, Lewistown is basically right in the it middle is. of the state. Yeah, they have like a restaurant there, and they have like the center of Montana. North of Billings. Yeah. I yeah. always hear about Lewistown, but I've never yeah, been I've never there. Never been there either. <laughs> Road trip. I got coming to you live from Lewistown, Montana. <laughs> I was driving through there, and that's where I got my criminal endangerment felony in that county so i spent a lot of time there not where you want to be oh that's where you got a felony yeah i was driving oh, I, was dri- I was driving through the county and then they because i was wondering like what are you doing in Lewistown? you end up in jail there <laughs> fergus county. I, was, I was in fergus county and that's where they have their jail so it's like one of those little tiny jails like in Hardin. gee it's smaller than that it's like <laughs> it's like my you younger know? brother told me he got thrown in <laughs> why well, i shouldn't say but yeah well miles city you know, yeah. I'm Here's like a million dollar question: Was yeah. the food good there? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's That's, on the menu? It's funny you say that because, okay, so you know, I know you guys have been to jail before, yep. so oh, yeah. <laughs> you know they they got they got TVs. You know, you can get commissary at a lot of places. You you know you can go out to they have a little rec yard or even just like a, what do they call them? Um, the aviary, like a bird cage. Yeah, where the top is open, but yeah. there's walls around. Mm-hmm. And they, but they he, they didn't have any of that. I was inside for like six months straight. Never went outside except for maybe to go across the street to court. They got no commissary. You can get stamps and you can get uh, phone cards. No TV. Their library was maybe a handful of books. <laughs> um, and then you get to they play a radio and they put it in the hallway. This place is so small. They have a radio, a little AM FM radio about that big, and it can blast the whole place. <laughs> and one day it's classic rock, and then the next day they change it to country, and then they alternate. But the food, the food, the guy, the guys, whoever's there on on staff will make it. And depending on who's working, man, the food was great. I mean, you get a lot of food; it's good. Huh. So I kind of gained a little weight, and I got really, really pale, like white pale, yellow pale. Too, huh? And when, when that's when I uh, <laughs> fluorescent one, light pale. <laughs> one, one of the times that I got out is when I first went to. Uh, the treatment center in Browning, when I got up there, all them natives up there like, oh, man, I thought you were a white guy when you first walked in. <laughs> Did that. you have your blonde hair? Was, yeah, <laughs> you probably matched your hair. <laughs> Not, then. Not then. It probably did. Might have went gray, but, man, it was. it's that small. It's that, like, old old school. Just <laughs> oh, terrible. Were there, like, bars on a cell? No, it was just brick walls. No windows at all? Well, they got the little... How are the cell doors? The little... Uh, <laughs> they were like this. Did you guys all the mix and models of the yeah. cell doors? Was where, it an F-22? 
<laughs> Do you still have it? No, I lost it. The rest of it. Never, I lost it. Why do you want to keep that? I don't know. It's souvenir. She's <laughs> <laughs> like, you wouldn't be back. Just kidding. <laughs> oh, I man. After it, yeah. yeah, that used to suck. But yeah, but, that, you know. that, that paying it forward is that's that's. I was going to say tell you that story, but then it was just kind of crazy how you had the same experience. No. Just, just ra- I mean, like a random person helping you out like that. And then you think, well, when I think back about that, it's like, how how can I? I mean, like, what can I ever do that's worthy of such a an act of kindness? Mm-hmm. And then it goes back to that, well, we're not keeping score. You know, you do what you can when you can for others and not really say okay well i paid that guy back he said pay it forward and i paid enough people back so now we're now i'm cl- I'm, I'm straight with the house but that's not how it works it's it's like no i'm helping other people because like you said it's it's not the fact that i'm you know obviously i want to help people you know i want other people to be helped right yeah yeah but at the same time it's like i got to you know i'm doing this for myself because it gives me that um sense of I guess community almost. Yeah, kind of belonging. Well, yeah, like, you know, like I'm doing, I'm trying to do my part to heal this world after so many years of being destructive. Just being a good person. You kind of said something that kind of struck me. You were talking about um, in your story, you're like, you showed up to AA under the influence and you were like, I I didn't know how to ask for help. Mm -hmm. And I think like for me, I'm thinking like, man, that's right. right. Because so many times in my addiction, I wanted to ask for help, but I didn't know how to ask. Mm. Whether it be my pride, whether it be, you know, like mm-hmm. thinking I'm scared of what people are going to think of me. Although I didn't care what they thought. Like, does that right. make sense? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, I didn't care what they thought of me, but yet deep down I kind of did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. Yeah, yeah kind of like that. Oh, man, I just totally vibe with that because I could just. I just went back to like I had this certain persona. I seen myself a certain way, yeah. even though I was down in the dumps and you know drinking a half a G every day. I still didn't want to ask for help because I was like, oh, I'm, I got I had this um, picture of myself in my head. Yeah, that's kind of crazy. Like, yeah, it just took me right back to that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we're, when I was talking about um, you know asking for help, yeah. you know, that was really hard for me to do. And so on the flip side to that, you know, we, um, on this other side, um, kind of probably could go down another rabbit hole with this one. Let's go. Um, <laughs> boundaries. Yeah. yeah. And boundaries and, you know, the, and what's, what's the fine line between enabling and helping somebody? And that's Ooh. tough. Yeah. That's, that's kind of, that's probably another rabbit hole we can go down. Yeah. That's kind of, um. Enforcing boundaries kind of. Angers people. Yeah. Oh yeah. Setting them. Whether setting them. whether they're in addiction or not. Mm-hmm. Right. Like setting bound. Like what I was talking about. Like protecting your peace. Right. Right. Like we have to at all costs protect our peace. It's never really about the other person. Right. No matter how they react to whatever we set up, it's mm-hmm. to protect us. Right. Right. For sure. But when we do enforce those boundaries, it often offends people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It does. It does. It. I, I deal with it a lot. Um, well, hmm. I'm a licensed addiction counselor, so I, I run a group, and yeah. so um, I have to set boundaries, group rules. Um, Excuse me. Just recently, um, I'm going to go off on a tangent. Go for quick. it. I'm going to do this tangent. Go ahead. 
This recently, somebody asked me, do you have group rules? Because I was talking about an unruly uh, client in yeah. my group. And, do you have group rules? Oh, man, that touched a nerve. Yeah. But I didn't go. I held my, I held my tongue. I'm thinking, you know, that's the, that's the first thing we, we touch on when we start group is group rules. Yeah. Group responsibilities, client, HIPAA, all that stuff. Yeah. Um, but anyways, uh, you know, setting boundaries um, is to protect that therapeutic environment. That's our home, like mm-hmm. our home, back home, outside of work. That's like our, our space, our peace. Um, and when we tell certain family members, you know, you can't, hey, you can't come here drinking and, um, you know, banging on my door or calling me 3 o'clock in the morning to go uh, rescue you at the bar or just yeah. got beat up or somebody's going to beat you up, you know. And then we get that, well, you're acting better. You're mm-hmm. acting better than me or just because you're sober. And it, it, it's not that. It's because... I value my life right now because if I go back out there and drink and use, which that's a possibility if I continue to enable people and be around people who are drinking and using, I could it could trigger me, mm-hmm. and I could go back out there. Mm-hmm. You know? And if I go back out there, I know for a fact I'll be dead. Yep. I will. I'll be dead. Uh-huh. That's kind of where my alcoholism took me. Yep. And so those, those uh, boundaries and are really really important like i have to it's it's almost like life saving yeah it's almost like saving my own life like i have to say no i i don't sometimes i don't want to say no um i do really want to jump in there and save save people but when you look at the big picture it's like at some point somebody must have told me hey flame get your you know your act together mm-hmm. you know um <clears throat> and i had to take constructive critis- criticism um, and so today I try to be empathetic with that, but man, there's some people who will push your buttons. Just poke at you. Yeah. And they'll yeah. just keep coming at you. And so I, I struggle with that. You know, I'm human. Yeah. Yeah. Right. We're, we're, we're all human. You know, we, we have emotions and feelings that, and we get triggered, you know, something inside of us or they might remind us of somebody or, um, you know, I struggle with that, dude, sometimes. I, I'll call Josiah and we'll talk, or I'll call mm-hmm. somebody, a sponsor, somebody in a program, a trusting friend, a coworker, a friend. Uh, Pastor Lisa's pretty awesome. Um, just, just hey, listen to me. Just let me vent. I mm-hmm. want you to fix it. <laughs> I yeah. just want to vent. Yeah. I just, I just got to get it out, you know, and I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out. So I had to really step back this past um, week. Mm. Um, I had to really step back. Um, man, I came to a crossroads in my in my career. I had to really t- take a giant step back and thought, man, Feline, where are we going to go from here? What are we going to do? And so um, I'm, I've, I've got some ideas on what I want to do, but I'm going to go back to work on Monday, and I'm going to figure out where to go from there. Yeah. So, right on. So yeah. I had to hit timeout. Yep. It was halftime. Got yep. to regroup. Yep. Make a new plan and move forward. Yep. Yeah, I like that. Like the calling at 3, 3 a.m. in the morning reminded me, I was just listening to one of our episodes. I think it was like 29 or 30 or something. And then Jade, or Randy, you said, said don't, don't make your emergency my emergency. Yeah. And talking about that kind of stuff. Definitely. It's kind of, um, but boundaries. Ooh. 
It's so hard to to set them and then reinforce them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've seen people set them, and I'm like, good, good for you. But then that's it. They don't reinforce them, and they let those people come around, and before you know it, they're going back out. And it's like, ah, what I had to do is reinforce it at least just like one more time, and then the, the, the other people are like, oh, okay, they're for real. And they back off. But it's really hard because, like, I know, like, I don't want to offend somebody. And then it always goes back for me, like, <clears throat> that whole teaching out of well-briety, like, whatever energy you put out, that's what's going to come back because everything is a circle. Everything goes in a circle. So if I'm putting – so then, but then I had to look at it like that's not, you know, that's not negative energy to, like, set boundaries and then reinforce them. You know, that's keeping your peace. And then, like, you're actually, like, putting out positive energy, letting them know, hey, don't bring that mess around here. Because um, I truly believe in that. Because um, whenever I'm, like, in a negative mind state or whatever, and I'm putting out that energy with my words or my actions, it always comes back. It always comes back, right. no matter what. And it's just, like, so it's definitely um, something that is real. But I wanted to share this funny story. Um I think it was this past Christmas, like right around Christmas. I think it was, um, actually it was between, it was getting closer to New Year's and I was out of quarantine because I had COVID during Christmas time. Man, I wanted a burger. So I drove over to McDonald's and then, you know, I was feeling, feeling the Christmas spirit. So I wanted to pay, I wanted to pay for the food in the car behind me, but the, the cashier person was, wouldn't let me do it. They're like, oh no, we had to stop that today because, it just messes up everything and it takes longer to get orders out. And I like, gave me this big old long explanation. And I just sat there. I was like, what the, you know, WTF, man, I'm trying to pay it forward. <laughs> I'm trying to be jolly here and you're messing with my, yeah, yeah. it was kind of weird. They wouldn't <laughs> let me pay it forward. That was the only time I was trying to be nice and someone wouldn't let me and it hurt my feelings. So I got mad. <laughs> <laughs> I, we were talking about, remember we were talking about like um, those little things like when you hold the door open oh, yeah. and people just walk by and sometimes they'll even give you a, <laughs> or you know, don't even, or they, even worse, they don't even acknowledge you like you're completely invisible, like you're just a doorstop. Yeah. But the way I figured it, you know, is I did my part. I, my conscience is clear. I held the door. I was being courteous. Um. And if you want to be a jackass about it, that's on you. That happened to me on Cafe Rio the other day. What? Tell so us. I opened up the door for, well, there was two older ladies walking in, and I held the door open for them, and then I sped up in front of them and opened up the other door. Yeah. And didn't even acknowledge me. You know, Nothing, huh? Yeah, no, my. Wow. They probably just grasped their purse. Like, You're welcome. And then I, they I like, didn't. we got in the line, me and my daughter. We were in the line, and then they like stood there for a while. And they just looked at each other, and they walked out. And I'm like, I wonder if they didn't want to stand behind me. <laughs> like, you know I scared I mean? them. <laughs> like, <laughs> but that's, like, one of my hugest pet peeves, too, is, like, you know, when you do something nice. Yeah. And then there's no acknowledgement from the other person. Yeah. But, you know, like I was saying, that, I mean, that example can can be used on, on every, every everything else. Right, so if it, whether it's help holding the door open, offering somebody some advice, or maybe just listening, um, whatever the case may be, however you know you help people in your day to day lives, 
and expecting something in return. I don't, I don't think that's, that's how I would want to play it because I never, I never really do. Like I said, I did my part and then what you do with it is on you. Yeah. Right? So, I mean, I, and to keep your conscience clear and then, you know, when we're talking about uh, drawing boundaries, you draw those boundaries and people don't like it when you enforce them. Um, the one thing that always gets me is then they always say, well, you used to do this or I did, to, nah. I did that for you or you used to be this way or, you know, you think you're, be-, you know, and it's just, that's when you said they push your buttons. Some people know which buttons to push. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so every day I tell myself, you know, in, in prayer and meditation and all this and that, that's not who I am. I'm a good person. I'm a loving person. I'm a caring person. I don't expect anything in return. Uh, use and, kind. And I, you know, and I, and I, I don't you even use. Potent. I, 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 <laughs> what's that one guy, uh, Stuart Smalley? <laughs> you ever see that guy? Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. oh, is it Saturday Night Live? Yeah, Saturday yeah. Night. And he, when uh-huh. he looks in the mirror, oh, he yeah, goes, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm good enough. I'm, I'm smart, smart enough, enough and doggone it. People like me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or when you're trying to help for the betterment of the whole picture. Like we're taking yeah. a look at the whole picture. And because I have to set this boundary, because I have to do this, this is what I'm bringing to the table. Um, some people don't look at the big picture. No. Right? And then they kind of come at you. And then it's almost like you're gaslighted. Like then you start questioning yourself. Like, yeah. Well, yep. Gee, am I? Am I well, wrong here? Was I wrong? Yeah, what are maybe, my intentions maybe, here? Yeah, maybe I was wrong, and maybe I'm the B, whatever, you know? <laughs> and then you, the then, you start to, then you start to look back. You look back and thinking, well, hey. Hold then, up. Then, wait, wait. Now, I mm-hmm. never took score before because yeah. I, I freely gave uh, a lot of time and effort. Um, I remember Michael Mulberry mm. one time. Um, the Reverend Michael Mulberry. Shout out to Reverend Michael Bul- Mulberry. You Shout are out, truly Rev. missed. Yes, sir. Um, I remember one time we were ha- we had a birthday um, celebration for White Eagle Talking Circle, and he oh, said, yeah. "For three years, it's like what uh, the service work that Feline and uh, Josiah was doing for this um, White Eagle Talking Circle. It's like getting up, getting out of your bed for three years every morning and making your bed." Mm-hmm. I didn't see it that way. Yeah. I didn't even see it that way. And so we, for that time and that effort that we put forward, we never took score. Mm-hmm. And when somebody gaslighted me, mm-hmm. I was like, hey, wait, I did a lot of cool stuff. I did a lot of things that I should really be proud of. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I had to, <coughs> instead of firing back, you know, well, da, 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 you know <laughs> I thought, man, you know what? I am a good person. There you go. And yeah. and I'll be the first one to admit that my reaction, mm, yep. my reaction, not my response, my reaction, isn't always up to the, best. the, the standard where I would like it to be, right? Right. And I and I know that full well, saying I'm not perfect, and that is that is, is absolutely something that I have to work on. But um, you know, and then going off what you were saying, you know, you we've done a lot of good things for a lot of people, and. Even though we're not keeping score, it's something that we can use to remind us that, hey, we're on the right track. But also, it's imp- I think it's important for us to remember that we're not the same people that we were back then. When, like, you're trying to mm-hmm. refer to me as when I was doing this and I was... Mm-hmm. Never mind what <coughs> I was doing then. <laughs> what am I doing now? And yeah. what are you doing now? And I'm not trying to put you out there and I'm not trying to say, no, you're less than. 
what I'm seeing, what I'm, it's more of a challenge. And yeah, some exactly. people don't see it that way. No. It's like, I challenge you to be the best you can be because I know you can rise above that. I know you have more in you. I know that you're better than this. Word. So I, it's, and, but, and again, maybe my tactics are not the best. Uh, something I, I have to work on. But, but people don't see it that way. They don't yeah. see it as, you know, me trying to challenge you to be better, yeah. to stand yeah. up. They see it as me, oh, you're, because that's where they're at. That's where they're at in their mindset. They're like every, you know, when, when I remember when I was cowering down and trying to look up, it's easy for me to blame other people. It's easy, easy for me to see people who are, you know, like us. We're putting ourselves out there. We're putting ourselves up there where we're, we're easy targets. Yep. But it's. And that's the thing. That's what I find out is like, especially as an addict, alcoholic, is like when the change and the transformation happens in our life, we have to realize like it's not always happening in the other person's life. Yeah, true. Like our friends and our family, our circle, like where they like we. I, I can't say for you guys, but I know for me, like, a lot of times it was, like, pointing the finger at me because I was always in the wrong. Mm. But once I realized everything that I'd done and I'm like, okay, what can I do to make it better? I often found that it was the other ones that weren't willing to grow in that same, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it was like, it was kind of like a, it, it was a shift where they remained the same. Right. No. Nothing inside changing, you know, but with me it was like, not saying I was better, but then also, you know, for me, it was like when I was drunk and high, I was always taking the blame. And then when I got sober, it was like, oh, you think you're better than everybody. And mm-hmm. it's like, no. I just realized how short I fall every day. Mm-hmm. Especially as a believer. Yeah. You know, like, because you're like, I don't believe in Christ because I think I'm better than anybody. I believe in him because I realize how short I fall. Mm. Like, how often I think the wrong thoughts. How often I react in a negative way how often like i make the mistake that i shouldn't have done you know mm-hmm. take the step i shouldn't have taken and and realize like without my help i can't even exist in this world mm-hmm. exactly Word. yeah so and like <clears throat> i remember like even just recently like this past year like some individuals you know um like bringing up remember you used to remember we did remember you did this and it was just like you know something that happened like six seven years yeah. ago and I was kind of like, I, at first I was offended. I was like, why do you talk about that? You know, why, you know, I, that's how I felt. I'm like, why, why are you trying to talk about that? That was where I was. And then I was there talking about it and laughing, giggling. Like, they weren't like laughing at it because it was funny. I felt like they're, I felt like they're laughing at it, like laughing at me. Yeah. You know, and I just walked away. I was just kind of like, huh. And I just walked away. I didn't say anything. I wanted to say something. You know, but um, the other thing that I wanted to say, too, was, um, oh, what was it? I mean, yeah, I, I guess, like, kind of expound on that some more. Is like, I felt like they're, they're just seeing me as that still, or they wanted to see me as that still. Yeah. You know, they, even though, you know, I made all this progress and stuff. And the other thing was like, oh, yeah, sometimes, you know, a lot of times I'm still reactive. You know, I, I preach responding. But I get reactive. <laughs> so do if we're being honest so here. Since we're being honest here, this is a safe space. Everybody raise your hand. <laughs> and like, you know, I'll open doors. Like, I, you know, that's one of my things that I do. You know, I open doors for people that I don't care who it is. If there's somebody behind me, I open the door for them. Yeah. And like, I'll do that too. If they don't say anything or they scoff like, like that and walk through. I'll say, you're welcome. Right. <laughs> you know, just kind of. 
That's where I got that from. Yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome. Just kind of throw your little two cents in there, huh? Yeah. It's kind of, yeah. Because, you know, at, oh, were you done? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Because <laughs> at some point, you know, um, we had to really put our pride aside. Like, we, we had to do that mm-hmm. um, yeah. in, in our sickness and allow the creator to take over, right? And so we almost make a pact with the creator. We do the best we can, and he keeps us sober, right? Uh, yeah. You know? I have an um, oldest son who recently had gone through a, a ministry um, treatment center. Mm. He's out in Oregon um, right now, and he's, he's having problems with trying to find a home, yeah. a place. Mm. And he can do this. Like, this guy is smart. Like, this kid is really smart. I, I lived in a homeless shelter at one point, and all I had was the creator. Like, yeah. really, I didn't have anything. Like, I had bad credit. Um, I didn't have a car. Um, I didn't have the, the education, the schooling, anything behind me. Um, but somehow or some way through the creator, I was able to help myself where I'm, what, what I'm doing today. It was yeah. all the creator. It wasn't me. I, I did the footwork and the creator just led me. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's the point I was trying to get to him. You know, and we had this big roundabout. Uh, we went rounds yesterday, you know, and he was like, no, you need to help me. And, you know, you're my mom, and you try to, you can, you need to help me. And I'm like, no, dude, you are smart. Like, you can make this happen. Like, yeah. I will help you the best way I know how without enabling you. Yeah. And so I woke up this morning to this text, and I just want to read it to you guys. Okay. Because I think this is, this is kind of awesome. I'm thinking, who is this person, and what would you do with my kid? <laughs> he, goes, <laughs> he goes, hey, mom, I just wanted to tell you I'm sorry that I love you very much, and you helped me so, so much. You continue to help me. I have no right to feel any way, other type, any any type of way, when you say no or you can't. My feelings should should always be nothing short of grateful. Thank you for all your help, and I hope you forgive me for acting entitled and trying to press the ish- situation and force you to do what I ask. That's not how I am supposed to treat my mother. I love you, mom. I recognize my faults and will be walking working on them. Ty Wade. Man. Oh, that's awesome. That's, that's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> I think that, like, I can identify with that from a son perspective because I've been working on my relationship with my mother. Mm. Um, I was always a mama's boy. Um, but now, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> and my, my siblings always tease me about it, but, like, I always been close to my mom and then like the addiction and alcoholism got in the way and, and where I saw her a certain way and it was never like she never switched up. Mm-hmm. Right. It was me, you know, mm. yeah. the whole time and realizing that now like at 38 years old, I'm like, man, like, so I talk to my mom every day. I'm like, man, I love you, you know, mm-hmm. and it's just done so much for that relationship. Like the other day, she just like, I didn't ask for it and any help that she gives me, I'm very appreciative of it. But, like, the other day, she, like, hit me up. She's like, where you at? And I said, I'm at home. She's like, okay, I'm going to stop by. She came by with, like, a, because I just moved. She came by with, like, a blessed his home thing, like a key. Like, it's like a coat rack, but I use it for keys, you know, uh-huh. glasses. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, man, like, you didn't need to do that. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Or, like, she'll come and take my daughter by herself, you know? Mm. Right. Because it's just me and my daughter. And, yeah, mm-hmm. so that's awesome, man, to see, like. Your son's, like, recognizing that and taking steps, too. Yeah, because you know how hard it is for mothers to say no? No. Oh, oh man. And fathers to say no. Yeah. 
right? Mm-hmm. We want, when our kids are struggling, we want to get in there and just uh, save them. And, ooh, that's hard. Uh, oh, yeah. I, I really like what you said, though, about I will help you in any way that I can without enabling you. Right. Mm. And I think that's important because like, that's, that's where we have to... Well, How I'd do bo- you tell that line, though, between enablement that, and... I guess we, I th- probably we have to take a step back and think about it. We have to assess the situation. Yeah, it's like all relative to each situation, yeah. I would have to say. like, I think that one thing that comes into play whenever I feel like, am I enabling this person? You know, that one saying that says, Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Yeah. Um, so, like, I, I'll help you this time. We'll see what happens. You know, if you, but if you come back crying, your same situation, no, man, I helped you. You blew it. Right. You know, type of deal. I mean, that's easier said than done. But <laughs> I always think there's, like, a point where you can tell if somebody's not serious enough. You know? Well, it's just how they come at you. It's the words that they use. You got to read. You'd be able to read between the lines of what they're not saying. This is what they're saying. They're going to tell you what you want them. They think you want to hear, but what? What are you not saying? What are you not saying? Right. Mm -hmm. And so, at some point, like we all, we have a strength, and that's why I brought up the word fortitude, because Mm -hmm. we all have a strength, and to be able to. To really fully rely on the creator and, and God and, and whomever we call higher power, we have that strength. Because really, honestly, when it comes down to it, that's what it is. It is our belief, our prayer, and the way we conduct ourselves in this life. We've got to believe. We have to have that faith, those leaps of faith. Yeah. And so that's kind of something that I do. I, 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 I don't know. I don't know how, how, how to explain it, but... I can read what people are not saying. Yeah. And if you come at me um, telling me what I think I need to hear, I'm like, no. Dude. You're playing me. Yeah. Well, like, let's, and let's I think take, that comes from the lifestyle, too. Yeah, you know, it's a little higher than most. Yeah, let's take a look at the core of the problem. Yeah. Let's take a look at what the problem is. Discernment. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's take a look at that. And why do you feel the way you feel? <laughs> you know? Yeah. That makes a lot of, yeah. Mm-hmm. That makes a lot of sense. Definitely, Mike. Obviously, you know, the, the people that keep coming back to us and, like, they're just stuck in that insanity. They keep doing the same old thing over and over and over and over, expecting a different outcome. It's like, hey, you need to switch something up here. Right. You know, you need to start going down a different path, start making some better choices. And a lot of times, you know, like, for me, I look back at my addiction and I kept hitting people up and, you know, with my trying to get what I wanted, trying to be manipulative, like, <clears throat> I didn't realize I had a choice. I think we covered that in a previous episode, but, like, Letting them know that they have a choice. Like, you don't have to keep doing this. You know, but that's hard. I kind of had that happen a couple months ago. Mm. I was, like, trying to encourage this person that came. Like, we grew up together. Came into my yard, and I'm like, man, you don't have to be out there. And he's like, how long you worked here? I told him. I'm like, man, trying to, you know, get this bonus this year. He whipped out a fat sack. Like, this, I get my bonus every day. So and I'm like, dang, like, you know what I mean? And and like like right there inside of me, I'm like, man, like I didn't get mad, but I'm like, all right, man, like I and I knew I had to remove myself from the situation. But he comes in like literally like a day or two later and just totally different from the day before. Mm. And fighting with me because he feels that he's entitled to what? 
I was talking about a situation about seven years ago. You know, got some finances for my father, but my father died like 20 years ago. You know what I mean? Wow. Yeah. And then he's like, well, you got a hand up. And I'm like, wow. that? and in my head, I was like, yo, that happened. Like, <laughs> like you know, like, two decades seven, ago. yeah, like mm-hmm. two decades ago, my dad died and we got, you know, we got a little bit of help, but that was seven years ago. Mm-hmm. Like that's not relevant to today, but it's like, it, it's crazy because in his mind, the day before he was up and then the next day he was down. Uh-huh. Which is so like shows you the whole picture about addiction, right? Mm-hmm. One day we're up, and then the next hour we could be down, right? And because we're human, you know, we um, since we've gotten sober and we, we we did the work, what we did is we raised our vibration, yeah. you know. And I've heard a really smart lady talk about this one time. Said, "Feline, you raised your vibration." So when situations happen and how you would normally react to that situation and go run off and drink yeah. mm-hmm. um, or, you know, react, be reactive. Um, now we're taking that pause and we're stepping back because we know it's, it, it's not about us anymore, right? It's not about us. I see you gaslighting me. <laughs> I see mm. you coming at me sideways. But really, you know, it, it, they are sick people. Yeah. You know, people that are – because we know. We've been there. We, we, we've experienced it. We've manipulated we know how we felt about people that are sober, yeah. you know, mm. acting better than us and, you know, but, at, yeah. but now we've raised our vibration and when we become, we come encounter those same situations, we're not going to be reactive as much. We're yeah. just going to take that step back and say, you know what? I have to protect this. I got to yeah. protect this. Me and my recovery, um, my side of the street, they call it in the program. Mm-hmm. You know, I got to, I got to clean that part. You know, just, it's, yeah. it's not none, has nothing to do with you. It's it's me protecting my recovery because I'm not going to be good. I'm not going to be a mother. I'm not going to be a father, grandmother, um, grandfather, auntie, uncle. I mean, you name it. There's yeah. roles, employee. We can't do any of that if we are um, reactive and and just let people bring us down. Yeah. You know, and it's okay to get down, but man, you rise and when you rise <laughs> back. You, yeah. Watch out. Uh, watch we'll be, out now. We'll be back. <laughs> Better be watch out. I, li- I like that one. <laughs> vibration because I've, I've heard it said, you know, like you, to be on the right frequency. Right. And I think it's the same thing. Right. Yeah. yeah. Because, yep. you know, you, you put yourself on the right frequency, on, on certain frequencies, um, and you, it's analogous to the radio station. You, you don't want to listen to country. Why are you turning into that, tuning into that frequency? Mm. Right? You want to listen to the the yeah the other channel right so you in order to receive that channel you have to put yourself in that frequency yes right and mm. so and and that's an, that that comes from an inner thing it's a spiritual thing it's you know the 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 books that we read with um well Bryde, they talk about the seen and the unseen that's one of those unseen things yeah yeah exactly and, and like i said before you know um i think i said it this morning believing is seeing Seeing is not believing. Mm. So frequency, um, uh, vibration, vibration yeah. energy, energy, wavelength, however you want to put it. Mm-hmm. That makes a lot of sense. And, but, and it's important to protect that. We have to, I mean, I guess at the end of the day, what I would say is that it, it's important for us to help others because it helps us, but not at the expense of our own well-being. Right. That mm. makes so much sense. And, and I think, like, back to that situation, I, I think that was the way of asking for help. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Right. 
like saying, I want what you got, but I don't know how to ask for it. Right. Mm. Read between the lines, right? But then yeah. also, but then also being like, you know what? Like for me, my responsibility is like, you know what? I'm not going to take care of you in this situation, but I will be here for you when you right. seriously seeking. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Which it's because I love you. I got to set these boundaries. Yeah. Because I love you. I have to say no. Mm-hmm. I love you. I'm not turning my back on you. I love you. I want to see you succeed. I know you can. I mean, if we could do it. Yeah. We're walking miracles, right? Yeah. I mean, so can the next person. Yeah, definitely. And you got to like, want it. You got to want it. Definitely got to want, want it. it. And like, even now, you know, people come up and people, a lot of people know, I mean, just probably just like you guys, they hit you up, like they want some advice or how'd you do it or what should I do? And I just, you know, lay something out. Do this. Um, or meet me at a talking circle. I'll be there or whatever. And I just do that just to see, you know, if there's... For real. Mm-hmm. Like, man, I need help. I need to talk and stuff. I was like, all right, there's a talking circle Sunday, 7 p.m. I'll be there. See you there. And then I'll go. And lately, they don't show up. You know, it's like, so they're like, just kind of, like, not there yet. Right. Um, so, I, yeah, I definitely see that well, a lot. I, 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 I've seen it in uh, people who have asked me, you know, I guess in their own way, you read between the lines, like they're asking for help. And then yeah. my, well, my suggestion, well, you need to go to treatment. Because that, first and foremost, you know, it'll detox you, right? Yep. You know, you got to get that stuff out of your system as best you can. Some things will stick a lot longer than others, yeah. but it's a start. And then the other thing is, you know, you, you gain those tools. They'll teach you the tools that you can use when you're out there because treatment isn't a cure. It's sort of the the education you need to fulfill your career, I guess, if we're going in the, along those lines of speaking. Yeah. But then... When I mentioned that, oh, you got to go to treatment, and oh no, no, I don't want to do that. I mean, is there anything else I can do? And I'm like, well, pfft. if you're <laughs> yeah, if, you, you, if you're not even going to consider my suggestion, then I can see where you're at. Yeah, mm-hmm. but a lot of times we do need treatment, not because it hasn't been successful before, but like you said, it kind of gives us that time to detox and gain a little bit of strength and kind of get your clear head back. Yeah. Medi- medically stable. Yeah. You gotta get medically stable. That's uh, detox. That's yeah, uh, for sure. something we gotta we gotta get out of that cloud, you know, that yeah. we we're in this cloud. Um I was gonna say something but I totally is that whole country music thing. I really like country music, by the way. <laughs> so do I like all kinds of music. Because I'll I'll listen to George Strait and then the next one that comes on is Metallica and I'll sing just yeah. as loud. Yep. <laughs> and everything in between <laughs> exactly i know i just had uh someone rec- <laughs> someone recently in the past couple of, like past month or two they're going to treatment and said you got any advice for me and i said be a sponge absorb all the information you can and start applying it while you're there and that partly came from you and you said that your shrink told you to start applying it while you were locked up yeah and like that's how i had to go into treatment was like all right i'm i'm sick and tired of being sick and tired so i'm gonna learn as much as i can while I'm here, like learn everything I can, and that was like the biggest thing. Is I'd been in treatment before, and I didn't like. I just kind of like went through the motions, kind of said what they wanted. I felt what I felt like they wanted me to say. Um, but anyway, yeah, that's a that's a huge one. Like the people that come to us and like ask for advice and don't take it. I'm just like, oh, why'd you even ask me? You know, like, it's kind of frustrating. I remember what I was gonna say. Okay, so I get a lot of. Um parents also that come at me mm. with, with with messages hey yep. my daughter my son so and so 
yep. um, and active addicts and alcoholics, right? And, um, hey, I just got my kids taken away or, you know. Yeah. Um, so it, it happens more than we want it to happen. Yeah. yeah. And so I think I kind of switched it up in the middle of it. And I said, you're not going to like what I have to say. Yeah. You're not going to like what I have to say. I, I guarantee it. You're not going to like what I have to say. And if you want to hear what I have to say, we can move forward with this conversation. Yeah. Right? Like, are you ready to have this conversation? And some people will say, yeah. I. Some people will, yeah, I'm probably not going to like what you have to say. That's good. Come back later. I'll still be here. You know, yeah. by God's grace, I'll still be here. Some people will say, okay, I want to hear what you have to say. Yeah. You know? Well, for one, you <laughs> got to set those boundaries. Yeah. And you have to. It's not just about the addict and alcoholic. The whole family has to get yes. get get healed. Yep. You got to do something. Not just your addict and your alcoholic. You have to get help. Mm. You know, I wish there was Al-Anon. I wish there was more Al-Anon reservation-wide. I, I wish there was way more Al-Anon because it really is the whole family that's sick. Yeah. Um. You know, and create a healing force. Yep. And the other one was, can't be smoking weed anymore. Yeah. And that they get what it's, but it's at least it's not meth, it's not <laughs> alcohol. No, it's a mood altering substance. You yeah. got to get completely off of anything mood altering in order for you to heal. Mm-hmm. And people, you know, some people go rounds about that, but I don't. I just, yeah. I do. I know what I know, and. Just from my experience, my schooling, um, being in the field and seeing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I really push for total abstinence. And some people may have their own opinion about that. That's yeah. their opinion. I respect that and totally but, agree to disagree. Mm-hmm. I can do that too. A drug is a drug is a drug. A chemical is a chemical is a chemical. Yeah. And there's always that justification. And if you, always have, if you have to justify it, then you probably shouldn't be doing it. Because right. I get that question a lot, too, from the homies. Yeah, like, exactly. Well, I quit everything else, but do you think it's a sin to smoke weed? I'm like, <laughs> it's God. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's from the earth. From, it's it, from the earth. It's in the Bible. And I keep going back to that, how you said um, uh, read between the lines, right? So right. you're asking me that question. You kind of answered it yourself. Yeah, yeah if exactly. You're, if you're asking me that, mm-hmm. then you already know the answer. Right. Yeah. You just want to. Because yeah. that, that is, in my experiences, like I couldn't wait to go to sleep so I could wake up and smoke. Right. Mm-hmm. And it became the focus of my life. Like everything was surrounded around smoking. Right. Mm. You know? If I wanted to go to the store, go grocery shopping, smoke. Right. Like anything, it was surrounding, yeah. you know, my use. So, yes, right. smoking is not good. Yeah. <laughs> they always say, you know, they always say, you know, you only got to change one thing. Everything. And that's everything. Everything. Yeah. That's right. Reminded me of that guy on um, Half Baked. He's like, did you ever look at a $20 on weed, man? <laughs> <laughs> that's what that reminds me of. Yeah, that's what I tell my daughter, too. Like, if you, if you think that you shouldn't do nothing, then you probably shouldn't do it. Yep. Uh, that's pretty good. Know so, yeah. yeah. Right on. So I think we're. Down, <laughs> I think we beat that one to death. <laughs> that was good. It's always therapeutic. I love this. Oh yeah, no, yeah, it's all good. This is this is my meeting. <laughs> right. Recorded. That's all. Hey, thank you for inviting me. Oh yeah, oh, no, for sure. Thank yeah. you for coming back. Yes. Yes. Thank you. And we'll definitely, you know, ask you back again. Yes. We'll on another topic. I'll 
we'll be back. Yes. Anything you want to say to someone out there that's on walking Red Road or thinking about recovery or any kind of message just from what you've experienced so far in your line of work? Step out of your own way. Mm. Get out of your own way. Stop doing your own best thinking and it's time to reach out to something other yes. than what you think you know. Mm. 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 Oh, you're talking to me there. <laughs> That's so good. I was like, "Why she keep looking at me?" <laughs> so you just came on. You just came on today to tell us that. Yeah. <laughs> See, now I'm starting to read between the lines. Screw <laughs> with us real quick. Yeah, well, you asked. Uh, no, no, if, you don't, if you don't like my answer, you're not going to like my answer. <laughs> Are you sure you want to hear this? Uh, yes, yes, yes. I need to hear. <laughs> but we appreciate having you on, man. It's yes. always a great year. Man, I just always amazed at how much wisdom and knowledge and like how much I learn from you every time I hear you talk. Well, it's just you. it's amazing. It's mm-hmm. just I appreciate you. Everything you've done. Um I'm not looking back to the person who you were. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at the person who you are right now and I think you're an amazing, strong, absolutely inspiring individual. I appreciate that. Thank yes. you, Jason. Yes. Ditto, ditto. I feel the same way and just like, you know, how you've come along and helped me in my own recovery. Um, I can call you. I know I can call you and vent to you and you won't judge me. Yep. Yep, and definitely. Same thing. Yep, same here. Thank you for sharing that text with us. Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. That really, yep. Uh, yep. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Yeah. Thank you for being transparent. Thank you. God appreciate is good. That. God is good. Definitely. Well, at this time... At this time, at this time, we are going to go into our speak on it. So, DJ, why don't you hit me with that B? Speak on it. Speak on it, bro. On it. And it, bro. Speak on it. Speak on it. Speak on it. Patrick Beverly. Just Patrick Beverly is still punk. See you next week. No, game three tonight. What's your guys' predictions? It's about to start here. I'm going to say. Oh, sorry. I mean, it happened. Oh, yeah. What do you guys think about game three? Last Sunday's game. What about game four? Well, last Sunday, at right before it started, I thought. <laughs> oh, you were talking about last Sunday? <laughs> well, last Sunday, I predicted the score would be 121 Suns, 119 Bucks. Oh, could be. It'd probably be closer because they're definitely in, um, they're in the Buck territory. Their back's against the wall. The Bucks that don't jump fence. Yes. At least. One of them does, but the other ones, <laughs> the other ones won't follow the yeah. the head stag. Yeah, they all slide underneath. Which is crazy. Like he had such a really good game the other night. Um, from what I saw, was that Brooke Lopez? <laughs> <laughs> well, he had like was it like was it thirty eight points or forty points? Yeah, man, he tore it up. But it was like forty points in thirty eight yeah. minutes or something. Yep. Yeah. And but like yeah, no but help. Chris Middleton though, he needs like. He's been stepping it up, but it always seems like whenever one has a good game, the other one doesn't have a good game. Mm. Yeah, they need the triangle offense. Yes. 
What they need to do is try. <laughs> they need Drew Holiday to step up is what they need. Is that the guy with the dreads? Yeah, that's their point guard. Yeah, that's what I, I couldn't remember his name. Yeah, like, Drew. he hasn't done nothing. He hasn't I mean, series. not really. Like, he hasn't really, you know. He hasn't really taken over like he did in the past series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely that. Yeah. So, that's what I'm thinking. It, it, I said game, I said in five, but, man, it's really looking like a sweep. <laughs> if those last two games if are any indication, then yeah, it's going to be a sweep. Yeah. But I think, I think they'll pull one out. But was it both first, like first and second round that the Bucks started out on two? Or was it just the first round? Uh, I, I know the I know the Clippers <laughs> did the first couple of rounds. The Bucks did too. Yeah, I think the Bucks did too. Well, you never know. They might have went and cleansed themselves in the lake. Lake Minnetonka. Yeah, Lake Minnetonka. Milwaukee. Yeah, <laughs> the Milwaukee Bucks. Milwaukee is actually Native American. <laughs> Does this guy know how to party or what? <laughs> We're not worthy. We're not worthy. <laughs> it's actually pronounced Milwaukee. <laughs> Alice Cooper. <laughs> Just drops knowledge on them. <laughs> Hey, that's kind of funny though because Phoenix is like Awatuki and like there's all kinds of native names down there too. Oh, really? Yeah, Yeah. isn't there like the reservation like right on in Phoenix? Yeah, Yeah, so like like big old casino and stuff on the side of the highway. Like I don't know, I never been to the uh, like the big casino, but I've been to like Salt River, which is like north of Scottsdale, and you got the freeway right here, and then you take a right, you're on the reservation, you take a left, you're in Scottsdale. Oh, real? Yeah. Is that uh? I mean, I think on the, what's that TV show, Queen of the South? Remember, she's like, did you guys watch? Did you guys watch that? Uh-huh. I I watched like the first season or so because that's what they wanted to watch in, inside. But oh, what's that about, Queen of the South? Oh, it's about a drug cartel and how this um smuggler becomes in charge of the whole cartel and oh. she moves her business into the states and stuff. But anyway, she was in Phoenix area and she was um, making deals with the natives. Oh, nice. <clears throat> so it's, pretty, it's a pretty good show. It's over now. Pretty cool. Pote. Yeah, into it. Pote's my guy. Uh, um, like, if you ever been to Phoenix, it's crazy because one minute you're in Phoenix, you cross the street, and you're in Scottsdale or Tempe or whatever. It's like a different city. Yeah. yeah. It's all connected. And then I, they took me, like, I was younger, and man, I'm from the res, dude. I'm from the country. So <laughs> it's like I have to travel three Three hours to get to a different city, right? Yeah, yeah. But no, you whatever you walk across the street, and in the same way, like their reservation is just right there. Yeah. Wow. And then, but it's cool though. I mean, they got a great location, so they got the big casinos. Uh, what's that? Um, what's that big casino down there? I know the one is Talking Stick yeah. Resort, and they they Talking Stick. What man. natives are those though? The Gila Gila River. Yeah, Gila River. They're Pimas. Oh, Gila River. Yeah. Yeah, the Pimas, huh? Because I think the Pimas are in like Mesa area. There's, I think there's two, two different. Yeah, Salt, Salt River. Salt River. Yeah, yeah Salt I, River. I believe, and if I'm wrong. Oh, you I pronounce it Gila River? Gila, yeah. But the, oh, I never G, knew that. The G is saying like spaghetti. Gila, why? <laughs> like a Gila monster? Huh. Interesting. You ever see a Gila monster? I never did go to the rest the whole time I was down there, but it's kind of funny because I lived oh. in Northeast Phoenix, um, so I would be there. Go through Tempe, from Tempe, go to Mesa, and then from Mesa, go to Gilbert. And it's all, like, on public transportation. Well, huh. The Gila monster is just like a great, it's like a lizard. Oh, it okay, looks like yeah. it's beaded. 
Yeah. Like the skin uh, looks yeah. like beads. Yeah, I seen one at and Reptile they, Gardens. And they're they're deadly not because I don't think they have venom, but they bite you and all that shit that's in their mouth. It'll make you like get bacteria. Yeah. yeah, and then it'll give you blood poisoning or whatever. But they tell you not to mess with them. Hmm. That's crazy. I remember when we first moved to Arizona and I was like in sixth grade. Um, and they gave us a pamphlet, like a pamphlet with all the poisonous spiders and <laughs> all this and that, and then the scorpions and stuff. And I'm like, what the, who does this, man? Why? Why? <laughs> so you had to be on your guard right I away. Had to be on my guard right away, yeah. And then you get these little tiny, they're harmless. They're only little lizards, maybe about four or five inches long. Yeah. But they're everywhere. I mean, you'll just wake up and then, like, my sister woke up one morning when she first got there and there's one on her ceiling and she freaked out. Ah. <laughs> oh, oh hey, did I ever tell you about the time when I was, uh, when we first went down there, I was messing around with some of the homies in Pryor. We were jumping in that little creek over there by, uh, I guess it would be the senior citizens. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. I remember the, there, there was a family that used to live there before. Yeah. And we Ross? Were, yeah, and we were jumping in that water, and I jumped in there without no shoes. And I, I don't know if it was glass or rock or what, but I cut the bottom of my foot. So when I, by the time we moved down there, I was still on crutches, and I had to um, uh, put a, uh, I used a bread bag, like a, yeah, for I'll put it over my foot, and I do, couldn't take a shower, so I laying in the tub, <clears throat> and I put my leg over it like this, and I'm just laying there. And when I first got in, remember those little drain things that are in the front? Like if you overfill your water, it'll go in there rather than going over the oh, side. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And when I first got in, I thought I saw something move in there, and I thought, ah, you know, what, what could it be? Yeah. So I'm sitting there, and I'm taking a hot bath, and I'm laying there, and I had my eyes closed, and I heard this bloop, like something hit the water, oh. and I looked down, and holy cow, man, there's this. Big old hairy tarantula that hit the water. Oh. And it was little legs are really squimming like right towards my my midsection, my bare naked midsection. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I just screamed ah, and ran out of there all buck, wet, buck, buck naked and <laughs> screaming. What happened to your bread bag? I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, that was the last thing I you know I think I ran on both feet. Like I ran. Like I didn't hop out of there. I ran on both of my feet. My dad right. was like, What's, what happened, what happened? And I was like, there's a big spider in my bathtub. And he went over there and looked, and sure enough, it was in there, and it was trying. It couldn't get out, so he got uh, pliers, and he grabbed it. And I was like, kill it, kill it, let's step on it, kill it. And he's like, no, no, he went and he took it outside, and he let it go. And he said, those things will eat the little ones. He said, those ones will probably leave you alone. It's them little tiny ones that are. That got the venom. Yeah, that bites you. Deadly. Like the, deadly. the black widows and stuff. He said, those bigger ones will eat the smaller ones, but. Hey. Yeah, traumatized the first. Right, you're traumatizing me. I'm going. I'm going down there next summer, down to Mesa for a big basketball tournament. So dang in the summer. Check, check your yeah, in June. Oh man. So, but the organizer guaranteed that the place is going to be AC'd and everything. Check this out. This sports facility down there. Oh, I just forgot the name of it. I just anyway, it has 16 basketball courts in in it. Oh wow! In Mesa, yeah, this is like brand new. So they're gonna have like this big old like um, oh, I can't even think of it. Like, but it's like a native tournament they had it in Vegas the past two years. But then I contacted the organizer and they're having it in Mesa next year because I guess the Vegas facility didn't have AC, didn't have AC both oh, years. Oh man, I'm trying to run around in there. With Miserable. All yeah. So anyway, yeah, he's moving it over there, man. You guys are traumatizing me. I don't take my Snake repellent and man, my old boss just, <laughs> my old boss just had a bachelor party down in Arizona. I was like, dog, you are crazy to be going down there in the summer. Because it starts getting hot down there about late March, April. I bet. 
You know, yeah, they probably don't even have a winter. Like, no, they don't. But it gets cold in the desert. Um, oh, but, oh, yeah. but uh, but yeah, about springtime starts getting thousand like, degrees. Like where we're at, like eighty, ninety. Dang. Yeah, that is nuts. Like, like oppressively, like it gets. It got hot here the last couple of weeks. Yeah, but yeah. it's it, it, that's another level. Mm. It's mm. gonna be like yeah, it's gonna be hot. I guess the the plus side of that would be that if you know it's not, it's a dry heat. Yeah. So there are places you can go to kind of alleviate that a little bit. It's not that humid stuff that no matter where you go, it's just no. gonna be there. It's like walking yeah. around in soup. Yeah. 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 Still hot though. Still hot. I, I figure too. Like I mean, we'll probably be outside like five ten minutes at a time. Yeah, you that's probably about all you can handle. Like yeah. even in, like in the summer too. Like even at nighttime, it's extremely hot. Oh yeah, we'll like if you go indoors. in an outside pool, like if you got an outside pool and you go there, like it's still gonna be hot out or there. You, yeah, you try to walk around like on, and it comes up from the pavement, yeah, or the asphalt. Mm-hmm. Like you mm-hmm. can feel the heat coming up. Yeah, uh, yeah. I know it's gonna be hot. But like you can literally throw an egg down there and it'll cook. <laughs> make, sure you, make sure you take your eggs, your bologna, <laughs> Fry up some bologna. Do hibachi out there. Both hands. Like throwing pieces Sweat of bologna at people are walking by. <laughs> Sweat dripping down. Eh? A little extra flavor. <laughs> All soaked to just throwing pieces of bologna at wiping that sweat off into your food. Flavor, flavor, extra salty today. As soon as you flick your fingers, it just goes. Right as soon as the bologna curls up from the heat, just flick it in people's mouth. Indian hibachi. We use bologna over here. We use bologna over here. Sidewalk hibachi. But hey, you know what? I just came from the the what do they call that? The weenie mobile. Oh yeah, I do. Oscar Mayer thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was asking that guy. I was like, "You get to drive that around?" And he goes, "Yeah." And I go, "How'd you get that job?" And he goes, "A lot of luck." Huh. But I guess, I guess what he did in part of his application, he uh, sampled that that Oscar Mayer Wiener song. Oh. And then he must have mixed it up and sent it into them, so that way he kind of stuck out a little bit. Yeah. But he ended up he he got that job. He drives that thing around. I yeah. got the whistle and everything. <laughs> Who got the job? The the driver guy. Oh really? Yeah, so that's he just drives around town. I wonder how much he makes. I don't know. I didn't ask him. Hey, either. they had a whole team, remember? Like a whole caravan? A whole yeah. fleet of them? Like a, a whole, whole package? A whole package. <laughs> 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 yeah, package I seen, I seen, there? Yeah, yeah, I seen a picture of uh, multiple Wiener mobiles. <laughs> oh, and <laughs> a, whole fl- a whole pack of them. <laughs> of course, of man. I, you know me. I gotta go. I go. I gotta go all the way. So I, they have these little cardboard cutouts of the hot dogs, and you yeah. put your face in there. And I said, "All right, I have to get one of these pictures. I got to show it to the homies." And, <laughs> and he goes, "There's only one word that'll um, that'll uh, make your camera go off." And I was like, "What is it?" And he goes, "Say wiener." <laughs> and I was like, "Yuck." <laughs> Yuck, okay. <laughs> Yuck, whatever, I never do this, but okay. <laughs> Embarrassing. Okay. Yuck. Okay. I never do this, but wiener. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I'm not even like this wiener. <laughs> How come you never say wiener for me? <laughs> <laughs> but you said it for that guy. <laughs> you just said wiener for some random stranger. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Uh, just say wiener for anybody. <laughs> oh, anyway, anyways, <laughs> that is episode thirty-seven. Thirty-seven in the books. I was, I was like, man, I got to get those other two down here. But he was like, yeah, we're leaving at five. And I'm like, oh, oh man. man, I know. I was down at the strawberry festival yesterday, and I, I seen it, and I was gonna try to get over there, but then. I was like on a mission, so I was starting to feel weird. Anyway, um, was it Little Shout Tribe? By my ex coworker Jared Gray was doing like he had a booth and he was selling artwork. He was selling some of your cousin's artwork. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, but all proceeds were gonna go to he's gonna send it to that foundation that's um the Canada and the bodies that they recovered. Yeah, yeah, I saw that on the news. <clears throat> they had a piece about him on the news, and they up to what over a thousand now. Oh, is that what he got up to? No, okay. no, no, no. I'm not talking about the donations. I'm talking about the um, people that they're like covered. 1505 or 1305. Yeah. Oh, like it's, that? yeah, it's high. Yeah. And that's just up there. Yeah, that's just up there. That, on that one thing that we shared, it was like 497 more schools to go. Yeah. I remember I was uh, when we were talking about it, I was saying I, I'm kind of interested in what they're going to find at Chamawa. Yeah. Because yeah. I remember I described, you know, the, how they have that cemetery over there. But it turns out... There's a lady that she did a paper or a research, some, uh, I want to say dissertation, but I don't know if it was that. Or like a thesis? Like a thesis, yeah. And she did, but that was part of it. So she went over there. In 2016, she did that. And then they used that, that ground penetrating radar. Yeah. And they found that there was a lot of unmarked graves. Wow. And we didn't hear about that. No. Nobody, no. Oh, they pray. Hush, hush. So that, I mean, uh, that was like five years ago when they did that. So now that. Uh, Deb Holland is asking for that investigation, or however they want to, however they want to say it. Um, you know, it's there's got to be, there's more. Oh yeah, there's probably. Um, I have to look that up next week and come back with some, some articles numbers. or something. They've probably. I mean, they have to have launched something by now. It's been about a month. That's it. Just. This goes to show you, I mean, that we something that we've known for a while, but, you know, it's just one of those things that as indigenous people that gets, for us, I was always getting swept under the rug. Yeah. And even, like, one thing that I kind of notice is, like, non-natives will come up to me. It's happened a couple of times, just a handful of times from since spring. They'll come up to me and be like, man, did you know, like, they did this and this and this to your people and like trying to tell me or trying to educate me on I'm like yeah like I've known for a very long time like, yeah. you know like I just stand there and look at them and they're upset and they're you know kind of they're on their soapbox and they probably been preaching this to other people a lot but I'm just kind of like yeah I've known this <laughs> like I live it yeah exactly it's like I'm living through it right now so um yeah, I don't. I don't know. I I, I guess I brought it up because like I don't really know how to feel about it. At first, I was kind of trying to be offended, like, "What are they? Don't they think I don't know?" But then I was like, kind of looking at them, like when they're talking about it, they're like, they're kind of inspired. Like, I need I need to do something. So I thought that was good too. 
But again, I think it just goes back to that word, ignorance. Yeah. And it's, ignorance isn't doesn't equate to being stupid. It just means you don't know. Yeah. And they're just now finding out what they didn't know for so for their entire lives. Yeah. I think, <clears throat> like for me, I feel like we're moving towards healing. Oh, yeah. Like we're finding these and it's getting us mad and, and you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the end of the day, I feel like God is exposing this stuff so we can kind of move, finally move forward. Yeah, start healing. Right. Yeah, because you think about it, like it's happening with the black community, happening with the native community, um, the things that are happening in the Asian community, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like all these minorities in America are starting to, and what's powerful about that is mainstream is starting to recognize the atrocity that they did. Oh, yeah. And not realizing, like, because they didn't do it personally, like the people before them did it. Yeah. But then that moves us towards a process of healing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so I think that's like the, for me personally, I'm. Yeah, no, I think that's uh, that's it right there for me too. Like, is that that's what has to come out of this, not for us to go and burn churches down. Yeah, you know, but to okay, because there is like a lot of healing that needs to take place um, amongst our people, among on the reservation. You know, we need to. Just like coping skills, because like back to like going back, going to treatment. The first time I went to treatment, like I was in there and they're teaching me coping skills, and even just like um, <clears throat> just some life skills that I've been neglecting. And but the coping skills, like how to deal and feel, and like um, as I was learning that, I was like, man, they should have taught this to us. I should have got this like in junior high, or as I was coming up. You know, like everybody, I was. I thought of everybody that I was that I went to school with from first through eighth grade. Like I was like, man, this would have been good for all of us. Yeah, that's what I kept thinking while I was there. My first stint in treatment, I was like, man, all all of us would have been so much better off. Because I I think about all the hazing and bullying that we did to each other, mm. and all the toxic um, traits that we all had, and like how we kind of all held each other down. Yeah. With that crab pot mentality um, in those years. Um, you know, just like that, oh, he thinks he's bad. They don't know he did this. And, like, that kind of mentality, like, that's how it was, like, from first through eighth grade. I was just like, man, if we had some coping skills, we could have been, like, cheering each other on to be more successful and stuff. Yeah, exactly. You know, I was thinking about that the other night, too, that some people will say, Oh, you, you're trying to act white, or you know, you're trying to, you know, because you, you the way you talk, or the way you articulate, or enunciate, or you know, you use different words. Um, they, they say, oh, you're trying to be white, or you're trying to be better than us. And then, on the flip side of that, there are people, maybe even the same people, who will say the exact opposite, like, oh man, this guy's trying to act too native, that's yeah. too spiritual. What are you, don't chief? Oh, the, the term that comes out is chiefed out. Yeah, mm. he's chiefed out. Yeah. So you mean this guy's too traditional? Yeah, and it's like man, Not that sacred. Oh yeah, there what, you go. What uh, the? the it's just so irrational. It just does not make it, sense. It's got to be happy yeah. medium. Yep. Yeah, no, be. I mean, no. We just be who we are. We will be who we were created to be, and that's it. And then we support each other. All right. Yeah. Like you know, you wanna you wanna sing? Okay, I support that. I'll go listen to you. That's cool. You wanna. Go uh, 
you want to you know preach your sermons okay that's pretty cool i heard you really good i'm gonna go check that out maybe i'll yeah. do something I'll, I'll support that but i'm not gonna say but, psh, this guy trying to act too holy this guy trying to be too traditional then yeah. you know and then you can turn it around and say oh this guy trying to be too hot doggy yeah okay golfing all the time trying to act like tiger woods Trying to act like Phil Mickelson. It's because you got a hole in one. Well, you think you're the next notable gay? <laughs> <laughs> I want to buy some knickers and go out there and golf. Now you need those Argyle socks, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll hold nine, you know? Yeah. No, I think that, like, we were talking about that, man. Like, championing others. Yeah. Like, because, man, the world is big enough for both of us to be successful. Oh, yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, well, we, we somebody said it. I, I heard it last week. They said, like, the crap out mentality. They're like, but you can't have that because crabs don't belong in a bucket. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's why it's like their nature, like, to pull down. Mm. But realizing, like, yo, like, I don't care what you, like, what you said. Like, I don't care what lane you're in as long as you do your best in it. Yeah. Like that's where I find like, and I always go back to my daughter, but it's like, just like I tell her like, especially cause she's seven years old, about to be eight. I'm like, man, no matter what you decide, baby, like you can be good at whatever you choose to be, mm-hmm. you know, like you're at an age where you can cho- choose and decide where you want to go, but it's up to you Yep. and I'll be your biggest cheerleader. Yep. You know, it doesn't matter. Like, because at the end of the day, man, it doesn't matter what Joe Schmo says down the street mm-hmm. or what. You know, somebody and, and that doesn't even know us says mm-hmm. or what that family member that's just hating. Like our conversation about that was like earlier. Remember what I was mentioning that happened at work? He was actually a family member of mine oh, okay. who was mad at me being sober. Huh. But the day before he was mad at my sobriety. Yeah. Like, you know, so he whipped out a sack and that didn't work. So the next day he came in attacking me a different way. Yeah. Which is like. I'm like, oh, okay. Like now looking back, I'm like, okay, you just, that's your way of asking for help. And because yeah. I love you, I'm not going to hate you for how you're acting today, but I will choose to love you. And when you're serious about just ready, I'm still here. I didn't have that chance to say that, but oh, yeah, yeah. he doesn't realize like I'm rooting for him to win. Yeah. And he's praying on my downfall. Yep. But then I realized like, yo, like hurt people, hurt people. Like you're hurt right now. Yeah. And you know, Somewhere deep down inside that you don't deserve where you're at. Mm-hmm. But it's your choices that are putting you there. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, definitely loving people from afar. Yeah. Another thing you said, too, is like, you know, kind of staying in your lane. And like, I just thought of that. Like, you know, you're walking. Someone's having some success over there. You're walking in Red Road and recovery. And like, oh, cool. That's happening. Good yeah. job. You just keep walking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's cool, man. I like that. Even because, like, when I fr- first did it a couple episodes ago, I was thinking, like, more negative stuff. But you can apply that to, like, positive things, too. Like, oh, yeah, that's cool. Good job. I'm going to keep going. <laughs> like, I think, like, the biggest thing is, like, like Superman. Oh, like, yeah. the tasting the amount of success that he's doing. Yeah. Like, for me, I'm like, man, that's dope, bro. Like, yep. keep it up. Because what you're showing is a generation that's coming after you that it is possible. Yep. It is possible for somebody from the reservation to go to MTV. It is possible for somebody to travel the world. That You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, for a living and to be comfortable. Yeah. So, I think, like, us, like, we have to rewire our brains and rewire the way that we view things. Because of what happened in the past, we... View it negatively mm. because we're used to getting the short end of the stick. 
Mm. But when you come to sobriety, you're recreating how you think. Have to. That, that's a big part because if you mm. don't change how you think, then you're always going to be stuck down there. True that. And the root determines the fruit. Yeah. Yes, sir. So, and, you know, just to go back on what you said earlier, too, is like there's room enough in this world for everybody to succeed because we were created in a universe of abundance. Yeah. There is more than enough to go around. Yeah. There's more success, more. I mean, there's nothing wrong with, we talked about this before, there's nothing wrong with acquiring material things. There's, that's, it's out there. You can go get it. You can have it. But at the root of it, you have to be good with yourself. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you know, like I said, you can, you can be a miserable street person. You can be a miserable billionaire. And I guarantee you there's people out there with a billion dollars right now. It's not enough. They're constantly wanting more. They're not happy. Mm-hmm. And, yep. and there are also people out there who are, have just, they're, they're grateful for what they have. And so then for that, that makes it everything enough. Yes. Yeah, like that saying happy. from the Players Club, make that money. Don't let the money make you. <laughs> <laughs> Shut down. <laughs> uh, yeah man I don't know if that was my toxic trait cu- Cracking a joke at a serious moment I think we all need it though I think I'm like that too Yeah <laughs> Who do you not want to sit by at a serious No I'm just kidding <laughs> At a serious event no, no don't sit by me either Do not sit by me <laughs> For your own safety Because we will crack jokes We'll sit there and make fun of people. <laughs> make front of them. <laughs> All right, cool, man. That was a good episode, and um, yeah, I need I need these I need these episodes, just like I need water. Yes, sir. Because um, able to, I'm able to hear some experience, strength from hope from these two gentlemen, and then we have guests, especially like one like Feline. You know, got a lot of knowledge and drop it on us. It's cool. Yes, and out there, um, we appreciate you. Remember, if you like our episodes, man, feel free to share them. Feel free to tell anybody and everybody about them. Um, any last words before we close out today's gentlemen? We absolutely love hearing your feedback. So hit us up on any one of the platforms that we have available. Yes, um, it it just it goes a long way. If you got any ideas for any future episodes, let us know. Don't be afraid to hit us up because. You know, that's what one of the things that adds fuel to our fire. Yep. And if there's any topic or anything going on that in the news that we're that you like to get hear our opinion on, too, that'd be cool. Yep. Whether it's positive or negative, we can rant about anything. Yeah. And any feedback, the good, bad and ugly. We appreciate it all. Yes, sir. no i do i do appreciate like all the feedback because like one thing that i was thinking about was the testimonials that we get oh yeah bro and those like help me like see like man how awesome it is like even when because i I know we're we're human and we're not always at the top of our game you know what i mean but when we get something like that especially out of the blue like i didn't you know what i mean like my sister just hit me up with this thing and i'm like dang like i gotta share this with the boys yeah like bro that boosted my confidence yeah. I was like, man, I can't wait till the next one. Yep. For you sure. Know? And I was just like, I think I responded. I said, man, I'm humbled. 
For real, man. I was just like, I was so filled with joy, but then I had to give thanks. <laughs> yeah. To yeah. about a deal, you know. I was like, thank you, man. Because we were able to walk the red road and do our recovery and then share our experience, strength, and hope, and then touch somebody. And I was like, wow, that's awesome. Someone that's not even native. Yeah. That's crazy. And what I, what I thought, too, is like when I, when I gave thanks to uh, my higher power, I was like, I don't even know what I'm doing, but I know we got to do more of it. Sometimes yep. yes. I feel like I don't even know what I'm doing, but we got to do more of it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Hope goes a long way, man. Yeah, we, we them hope dealers. We deal on that hope. Yep. Yeah, that's a good song, too. Hope By Della. Bizzle. Hope Della. Bizzle. Hope Bizzle. Dilla. Yeah, I'll send it to you. It's a good one. It's okay. Christian hip-hop. one. It's a real good one. All right, gentlemen. Well... Everyone out there on Flat Earth, we appreciate you. We love you. And episode 37 is a wrap. We'll see you next time. Share, like, follow us. We got you. And um, we'll be back next week better than ever. Yes, we absolutely love you. Love you, even if you do think the Earth is flat. Yep, especially if you think the Earth is flat. <laughs> All right, well, holla back, citizen. We'll see you on episode 38. Chinook. What's up, holler at your boy, this is your favorite Indian, JCB Hey yo, it's Randy B, a.k.a. Pagotti Yo, Josiah Mo Fire, a.k.a. Mo Hugs Not Drugs Thanks for tuning in, peace